Hello and welcome to Food Neighbourhoods on Monocle Radio. My name is Callum McLean and once again we visit the places locals love for their food and drink. The Chinese diaspora can be found across the globe, populating Chinatowns from Manila to Manchester. One of the most storied lies in Vancouver, Canada's west coast metropolis perched on the Pacific Rim. Monocle's Gregory Scruggs takes us for a tour. With the first immigrants setting up shop in 1886, Vancouver's Chinatown is among the oldest in North America and retains a vibrant traditional life of mahjong parlors, table tennis matches, and Lunar New Year celebrations. Chinatowns are famous for their foodways, but in Vancouver you'll find much more than dim sum. In fact, for a survey of the new Chinatown food scene, I didn't even start with Chinese food. Hello, my name is Giovanni Mascagni. I am uh, the owner of Fiorino Italian Street Food, which is a restaurant located in Chinatown in Vancouver. Our restaurant um, always wanted to be in a central location in Vancouver, uh, close to a lot of foot traffic and in a great food scene. Uh, we wanted to be surrounded by great restaurants and great cocktail lounges to be a part of a larger picture. And what, for someone who hasn't been to Vancouver's Chinatown before and maybe has an image of the North American Chinatown with herb shops and noodle houses and Peking duck hanging in the window, describe this food scene in, in Chinatown. Sounds like there's more, not, but no disrespect to traditional Chinese food, but it sounds like there's a lot more than just Chinese food going on in Vancouver's Chinatown today. I remember coming in to Vancouver uh, when I was around 25 years old and uh, that's almost 10 years ago now. The main thing was that Chinatown was very attractive for the restaurant scene and the, and the after dinner scene as well. There is um, so much going on in Vancouver in a lot of different neighborhoods but Chinatown is the most diverse. It, has, it offers a little bit of everything but it also offers a lot of authenticity. It is uh, one of the more affordable areas of town, especially uh, downtown. We always saw Fiorino as being a, a part of this um, since the beginning of its uh, conception. You've been open for almost two years. You've been honored with a Michelin Bib Gourmand and Michelin's first guide here in Vancouver. Uh, how have you been received in Chinatown? The Chinese community and Italian community go way back in Vancouver. There is a building just down the block from us, uh, owned by Angelo Tozzi, a very Italian man, uh, who opened the actually opened his shop in the early 1900s. I think it's as back as 1903, if I remember correctly. And now his son is running uh, the shop. His name is Angelo, and he is uh, a gentleman in his 80s um, who is still running the shop just down the block. So we can go source some Italian ingredients right here in Chinatown. Do you mind actually telling me about the sandwich I'm about to enjoy? Yeah, so this Michelangelo sandwich, we call it Michelangelo because we feel it's a little bit artsy. Uh, in a sense that it has uh, crispy pancetta, but then it has a walnut sauce and a little honey. So I think you'll really enjoy it because I know you have a busy day, so this one won't be too heavy for you. After my sandwich, I was craving a pick-me-up. I'm usually a coffee drinker, but rather than have an espresso at Fiorino, I went across the street to a very attractive shop where a floor-to-ceiling display of teapots beckoned me in. 
My name is Olivia Chan. Uh, I'm a second generation tea master at Treasure Green Tea Company in the uh, heart of Chinatown, Vancouver. We've been here since 1981. Uh, my parents started the shop and I took over in 2003. Uh, our tea shop actually started off when we immigrated from Hong Kong in 1977 long time ago. And when we first came, uh, my parents took us down to Chinatown and say, hey, and uh, the first thing we looked at, my father was looking for was tea. And then we couldn't find any tea shops. The only place that was uh, the tea was uh, available was in the herbal shops. So my dad bought some tea and then we brought it home. He said, my dad said, oh my goodness, this smells like herbs. It's not tea. So immediately that dawned on my parents that we can make it into a business so the newcomers from abroad can enjoy their staples. So that's how it got started. Um, so we started planning uh, the tea business in 1979. Uh, China, China wasn't open for free trade at the time. So it took two straight years communicating with China. I saw my father's notes and telefax that they were using to communicate. There were just boxes of them. And... Um, that was very difficult to start a business at a time. What is Chinatown like today, especially from a, a, a food and drink perspective? Uh, and how does Treasure Green Tea fit into that scene? It, it, it seems like it's a bit of a bridge between older Chinatown and some of the newer trends we're seeing in the, the businesses. Treasure Green being in Chinatown for the last 42 years, we have witnessed a lot of changes. Part of it has been very vibrant when we um, started our business in this 81, actually. And uh, it's just so even difficult to find a parking space. It was just like fighting for a spot to park. So business was very, very good then. And then people started to move out of Chinatown to, you know, the different little Chinatowns here and there. People no longer required to come to Chinatown to purchase their, you know, uh, regular Chinese goods. So for us is, my dad always say, if your products are good, people will come and find you. You don't have to go chase them. Just stay where we are. They will come to you. So that was the golden rule that my father gave me. So I decided to stay, but I want to attract more, not just newcomers, but particularly new generations. We want to um, share our heritage. I want to bring tea into other people's lifestyle. For example, um, we would have tea every evening after dinner, and that's how we talk about our day. It's an excellent connection, how we connect one another. That's the only little time that you say, oh, okay, put everything down. Now we need to connect with it, one another. Just a few doors down from Treasure Green Tea Company, something delectable caught my eye. Blind Tiger Dumplings dishes out flavors from across China, and as I gather, there is more than meets the eye to this simple counter-service spot. My name is Lewis Hart. I'm the owner of Three Kingdoms Hospitality and uh, also the owner of Blind Tiger Dumplings and Laowai Cocktail Bar. Chinatown's always had kind of quote-unquote those speakeasies with the last one closing in the 1990s called The Green Door. We wanted to kind of revitalize that aspect of Chinatown and the front is a dumpling shop, a typical street-facing vendor with with like late-night dumpling eats. And uh, if you uh, order a certain item off the menu, then uh, you're whisked away into the fridge to uh, to enjoy a little bit more of an alcoholic experience. 
Chinese cuisine is very provincially uh, set, and so our menu is more of showcasing different cuisines within Chinese cuisine. Uh, it's such a vast and unique cuisine unto itself, but each province is so uh, defensive and proud of uh, what they bring to the table. For example, we have Shepherd's Purse, which is a Shanghainese uh, dumpling. Uh, Shepherd's Purse is a green vegetable similar to spinach with a, a lot more aroma to it. The skin is going to be a lot thinner. And another example is the bison momos, where that's a Tibetan cuisine. Tibet generally has thicker dough. Uh, bison we, we source because we can't get yak. Uh, so <laughs> that leaner, more gamey meat, um, but really, really flavorful with the, the thicker dough and with the sepan and with the uh, peppercorn soy that we add to it. In terms of sourcing, we get 90% of our ingredients within a 20 meter radius. So we use Carly Hot Pot next door. We use Tin Lee across the road, Olivia for any tea uh, that we need. Um, garlic across the road, literally 10 meters away for our fish as well. So we try to keep everything as close to the front door as possible. Chinatowns across the world are always known for the quality of food, the uniqueness, and also uh, that heritage of being uh, a late night spot as well. Uh, Vancouver's Chinatown had its heyday in the 70s and 80s before sweeping things kiboshed the, uh, the whole late night scene. Uh, now that's coming back. And so there was an element where uh, what we noticed was there's a lot of dim sum places and a lot of uh, legacy restaurants that serve the daytime, but there wasn't a late night dumpling spot. And so we found a hole in the market there. Uh, the other side of it as well is we chose this building because next door was a jazz hall. Sammy Davis Jr. played next door uh, way, way back. And so, uh, and across the road was Hogan's Alley. And so there's always been that element of this being a late night district uh, and while the revitalization of Chinatown happens, that was what we wanted to bring to the table. How have you been received in Chinatown? Is there a, a relatively peaceful coexistence between the newcomers and some of the traditional biz businesses that have been here for generations? Anyone who lives, works, and stays in the neighborhood has been nothing but welcoming. Like, the most positive and supportive people. Um, I can name drop for hours for the number of people that have just made this so much easier. There's always people that don't understand why someone like myself is going to open in Chinatown uh, and sell dumplings. Um, and, and you're always going to have that curiosity and sometimes vitriol for people that don't understand. But for me, when I'm walking across the road and I'm being welcomed while I do my shopping and people are leaving work from a legacy business and then coming in for food after work, like you know that you have that mutualistic and, and friendly neighborhood that makes this easy, but also makes it fun. I devoured a quartet of dumplings for good measure, but it was still a little early to ask for the number seven and be whisked away into the Laowai speakeasy. Later that night, however, I made my way to the Kiefer Bar, ranked among Canada's best for several years running since it opened when Vancouver hosted the Winter Olympics in 2010. Like all of Chinatown's best new food and drink spots, it pays homage to the neighborhood. They source ingredients from local herb shops to give their cocktail recipes an eastern twist. I saddled up to the tightly packed bar and ordered a pineapple daiquiri. There was a funky flavor alongside the grilled pineapple, dark rum, and lime juice. That would be the Chinese mushroom yunji, a staple of Chinese medicine. Some studies claim it cures cancerous tumors. 
I was just happy to settle for a night on the town. For Monocle in Vancouver, I'm Gregory Scruggs. Thanks, Gregory. For more food and drink stories, tune in to The Menu every Friday at 8 o'clock London time. My name is Callum McLean. Thank you for listening. Thank you.